Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. So hello and welcome to the Leverage to Scale podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie, and I'm here today with David. David, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about what you do, who you are, and what your business is. Hi, I'm David Alinian. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Um, I work with uh, companies and I help them in the area of recruitment and retention. See, I solve two problems for two different groups. Uh, one of them is the employer. Employers have a problem with, there aren't enough skilled employees to go around, especially, in, and this is across all industries, uh, especially the healthcare industry. For example, there aren't enough physicians, there aren't enough executives, there aren't enough nurses and so on. In, in, in the law profession, the accounting profession, engineering, all of them, there simply isn't enough highly skilled employees to fill all, all the demands. Um, and then, on the, and it's a costly one. According to the Department of Labor, the cost to replace a highly skilled employee earning $100,000 and up is 213% of salary. Oh, God. That means somebody earning $100,000 and that's the floor, it's $213,000 to replace that individual. And so it, it's a costly problem. And according to the Department of Labor, the average U.S. worker changes jobs every 4.4 years. Ouch. So they've got a problem. They can't find the people they need. And those that they can find, they can't hold on to them. Right. On the other side of the coin are these highly skilled employees, you know, the movers and shakers and companies. They have a different problem. They can't afford to retire. Between the house, the cars, the kids in private school, the country clubs, and all the things that they have, it costs about $20,000 a month to live. In, in other words, not everybody. But most people live a lifestyle equivalent to their income. Got a $50,000 income, got a $50,000 lifestyle. Got a $500,000 income, got a $500,000 lifestyle. So if it costs them, say, $15,000, $20,000 a month to live, well, they have $500,000 in income. Uncle Sam takes his share. What's left? Two fifty, dollars maybe? 20000 times 12 is what? Two forty. dollars What's left? Nothing. They're living paycheck to paycheck just to make a paycheck. Right. So... Right? So what happens is, so what I do is we take this information and we just put it together. In other words, what do both groups need something? The employers need highly skilled people to make their companies go. And the employees, they want to be able to retire someday. In other words, when it comes down to it, whatever level you're at, everybody wants, well, most people want a future of financial security when it's all said. Right. So what I do is I create what's called supplemental executive retirement plans and that the employer pays for. And this retirement plan will provide an income in retirement that's enough to support that employee's lifestyle for life. In exchange, the employee commits to working for the employer, call it a vesting period, for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Just like 
the old pensions from years ago, which largely have gone away. Right. But back then, in the back in the you know before the four hundred one k came along, people who spend their entire career one maybe two companies. Why they wanted the lifetime pension? So that's what I do is I create these what we call supplemental executive retirement plans, and they're funded with life insurance, those cash value life insurance policies. But what makes it even better is, for example, why did pensions go away? They were too expensive, right? No one could afford them. Okay, what we're able to do with these plans because they're funded with life insurance, which is a safe and secure vehicle, we can get banks bank financing to pay for it. So we arrange for this huge loan that the employer takes out, and all those funds are put into this retirement plan. In, which is fully funded on day one, so there's no risk to the employee. Then the employer pays an interest on that loan. Meanwhile, these millions are growing and compounding in the plan. And then somewhere down the road, depending on how the plan's structured, somewhere between the tenth and fifteenth year of the plan, is enough money has grown in the plan to take out a lump sum, pay off the bank. And that's what I do. Wow, that is like. Really cool. <laughs> like, you know, it's like stuff that like I think about too. Like, you know, retaining great employees, getting new employees, the cost and all of that, the cost of retirement, all of those things are, and it affects not the bit, not only the business but also the employee. They, it goes on both sides. It's a it's a two sided problem. Yeah, well, what's wonderful about this program is it's a win win for everyone. In other words, the company can't run, run the, the employer can't run his business without the talent that he needs to run it or she needs right. to run it, right? And the employees, they win because they get what they've been working so hard for so many years to, so that they can have a future of financial security. Right. That's awesome. So my next question is, how did you get, what was the reason that got you into retention and recruitment? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, some things like one thing leads to another. That's the case here. You know, I've been in the life insurance business for over 25 years. And for that entire time, I focused on life insurance for the purpose of retirement. And people, in other words, before the 401k, people either had pensions because they worked for a company that had pensions. Or what if they were self-employed or as a little company? What they would do is they would put money away. They would save money in cash value life insurance policy or the old side whole life insurance policies okay so i help people save for retirement individuals using life insurance and from all walks of life and then as i was going along and, and working with them i learned that there was a shortage of physicians then i learned there's a shortage of nurses do you know that by 2030 the U.S. will be short somewhere around 130,000 physicians. By 2023, it's five times as worse with the nurses, we'll be short over half a million nurses. I mean, it's amazing how short we are. And it turns out that this talent shortage goes across, as I said before, all industries. And I've been talking about this talent shortage long before you saw or heard about it in the media. Why? Because it turns out it's been going on for almost the past 20 years. So what happened? Where did it come from? It's the baby boomers. 
In the 60s and 70s, in the 50s and 60s, the baby boomers swelled the population. Then in the 70s and 80s, they swelled the workforce. And employees had all the people that they needed. Well, now the baby boomers are retiring. And there aren't enough people coming up behind them to fill the ranks. And that's where the shortage comes. And it's not going away soon. They project that this talent shortage will last until at least 2035. And the reason I say 2035, that's as far out as they project it. In other words, it's very likely will last even longer. So in other words, employers who want to, uh, want to succeed and grow and thrive in this economy, and what they need to do is they need to find something that will tie those employees to the company. Now, many employees, they try all these different retention things or things to attract the people that they want. For example, flex time, or they give them more money or whatever it is, right? Right. In all those cases, if the employee is really worth it, another employer could lure them away by giving them the same and a little more. Mm. You see, because in other words, when it comes to the highly skilled labor market, pretty much everybody who wants a job has one. Right. Which means if, if you're, you have a position that absolutely positively must be filled, the only place you're going to find them or her is by luring them away from another company. Right. Which means if you're an employer and every employer has key employees, those people that they do not want to lose that group of people or that individual, or they're in serious trouble. Well, what would happen? What would it cost you if, if, if you lost that person? And as I said, there's, there's the Department of Labor Statistics. In some cases, some, business, some companies can literally go out of business if they lose the wrong individual. Or their stock can take a dive if they lose the wrong individual. So they need something to hold them to the company. And this plan that I have put together is one of the only things that can really hold them to the company. Like, okay, for example, some companies like startups, they might offer, say, the first level of employees that come on board, you know, the first wave of them, maybe some type of equity in the company, a small, a small percentage of ownership, or stock options, or even stock, or some measure of stock in the company. What that's asking, though, the employee is to take a risk. Because in many cases, employees, they'll take the risk and then the company doesn't thrive and they don't, they end up spending time, but they don't get what they really want. This is the only way that you can really give an employee something that they know is absolutely going to be there when it's all said and done. Right. And, and that's why it, it really works well. Because every year that they're with the company is more skin that they have in the game. It's another, you know, what's, what you're doing is, you're giving the employees something to lose right. because if they don't have that, if anything, the employee has nothing, has everything to gain by leaving because nobody expects you to make a lateral move because the other employer has to offer them a little something more right. to, make, to make them want to leave. Make sense? Yeah. So in your business, what has kind of been like a teaching moment for you in developing this business? <sighs> When I learned about a thing called life insurance premium financing, that's a big word. 
Right. <laughs> and very few life insurance people even know what it is. It's a very tiny, tiny niche segment of the life insurance market. And here's how it works. It's fascinating, actually. There are some people or individuals that have a need for very, very large life insurance policies. Right. The premiums, not the death benefit, the premium itself might be several hundred thousand or several million dollars a year. Right. Pay for this life insurance policy. And the, pre- the, the death benefit might, is many millions of dollars. Right. Well, rather than use their own, you know, it might be a celebrity or uber net worth people who need it for estate planning purposes or for whatever. Doesn't matter. Rather than use their own money, they use the bank's money. And they can buy a much bigger policy for less out-of-pocket expense. Just like, for example, the way you buy a house or a building. In other words, most people don't buy their own cash. They use the bank's money and then they make payments to the bank. So it's called, you know, it's just using financial leverage to buy life insurance. So when I learned about that, and then I learned how we could create these large life insurance policies to cover multiple employees for retirement. And you put the two together, it builds this plan. And that was really the big learning point. Wow. I'm just like, I'm really interested in this because like life insurance is something that I don't think about as someone as young as myself. But it's, it's like interesting to be like, wow, this is something that could help you like in any, almost every faucet of your life. Yeah. And actually the reason most people don't think about life insurance, because that's a good point because they don't know enough about it. Most people think about life insurance as term insurance. You know, uh, it's got a premium and there's a death benefit and that you pay the premium, there's a death benefit. And then if you die, someone else gets paid. Where's the fun in that? Right. But there are so many, it's really a tool. Now that's just for term insurance. This is cash value, a permanent life insurance. It builds a cash value. It's a tool that you can use for many things. For example, I work with real estate investors on occasion. And they come in two flavors. There's fix and flip and buy and hold. And then the third flavor is a combination of the two. So I was talking to an investor one time. And he was a fix and flipper. He would get together with some other investors. They'd buy a building. They'd rehab it. And they'd sell it. And they'd make money. Great. So I go, in between your deals, when you buy a house, where do you keep your money? He goes, in a bank. I go, yeah. What does the bank give you? He goes, nothing. I go, what if you could store your money? Basically, a place to warehouse your money is where they put it in the bank. Right. What if you could put that money somewhere else where you got five, six, even seven or seven and a half percent interest on that money. And whenever you needed that money, say to put a down payment on a real estate deal that you're doing, you could pull it out, put it into the deal, do your deal and put it back. Would that be better than what the bank gives you? He says, yes. I said, what if when you did that, what if something happened to you? God forbid. Right. Does the, would, the, would the bank do anything for your relative, for your beneficiary other than give them the money that you had stored there? They go, no. <clears throat> what if there was a place you could put it where you could get many times the money that you had in there and that would go to protect your family? Would that be better? I said, yeah. I said, what if as you stored your money in there, when you go to finally, say, retire someday, you could pull the money out and it came out tax-free. Would that be good? 
And it was, yeah, that would be good. These are the things that you can do with life insurance. Right. Now, let's, by the way, I just mentioned something, the tax-free piece. Did you know that we're at a low point? You want, here's another learning piece for you that I got at a hard moment one time. You know, we're at a low point in taxation. In other words, taxes for the last 40 years or so have wavered somewhere between in the 30, upper 30s to low 40s. And it just wavers up and down, up and down, up and down. But what most people don't realize, especially younger people, is where taxes really have been. Did you know that from 1950 to 1964, taxes on the highest earners were 90%, except for two years when they were over 90%. Yeah, taxes actually started back in 1913. Taxes on the highest earners, the highest tax rate was 7%. Lowest tax rate was 1%. Two years later, that 7%, went to 15%. Another year later, it went to 17%. And then the following year, it shot up to 67% overnight, just before World War I broke out. And then the next year went to 77%. Anyway, so taxes for decades were immensely high. So how did people protect themselves back then? They put millions into life insurance policies. So that way their money was protected from taxes. It grew tax deferred, just like a qualified plan or a 401k. But when the money came out, they didn't have to pay tax on it at all. See, now this is the problem and what's going to happen and what happens to people while they run out of money in retirement. They put money into a qualified plan. And when the money comes out, it gets taxed. Well, add to that inflation. And what happens is the average 401k or IRA runs out of money in 12 to 14 years. And what do you do? Because most people live a lot longer than that in retirement The 12 to 14 years. We're living a lot longer. You know, last year, this is an interesting little thing. I lost my aunt last August. She was 109 years old. God bless her. Right. <laughs> Talk about living on. Right. <laughs> my dad was 92 when he passed away. Wow. Yeah, pe people, you know, what I tell people is you'll, li you'll likely, li if you live to a certain age, in other words, the older you get, the chances are you'll live to a lot older. In other words, when we're kids, for young people, the biggest cause of death is accidents. Right. Then you get past those young age, you get, you stop doing foolish things and you get past the accident stage. And then there's things like, cancer, and then heart attacks, heart attacks and strokes and so on. But if you get, and then as you get older, if you're still alive, you're getting past all of these things that cause mortality. Right. And we tend to live longer and longer and longer. Right. So as we're nearing the end of our interview, it's gone so fast. I've learned a lot, which is great. That means <laughs> our listeners will also learn a lot is now that we've learned about you as listeners, what can our listeners do to support you and your business? Well, what, the, what would be great if anybody's interested in learning how to really build a future of financial security, go to my website, which is gettaxfreeincome.com. Take a look at what's there. And then you'll find my phone number there and my email. 
contact me. And what I can do for them and for your listeners and for everybody out there is we could schedule a complimentary Zoom call. And what I can do for them is show you what it would be like, in other words, if you wanted to save for retirement or save for whatever you want to do. In other words, say you want to save for your kid's college education, you want to save for a wedding, or you want to do something for your grandkids, whatever you want to do, and you want to get maximum growth, but no market risk, and you want to protect your money from higher taxes, I can show you what's possible. Then if you want to move forward, you want to do something great. If you don't, at least you have the information. But what it can be, it can be a learning experience for everyone. And in most cases, I can really help people. Awesome. So yeah, it's gettaxfreeincome.com. Yes, go check out his website and hopefully, you know, help someone gets helped and, you know, figure something out, some like new information out. And thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Hey, well, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Awesome. so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.